Hey ladies and gentlemen, this is David Benjamin, your host of the Healthy, Wild, and Free podcast. Today on the podcast, we have someone who's going to talk about a topic that you wouldn't think would be connected to overall health and well-being, but when you really dive into this information, you start to understand the many connections it has to our health, our stress levels, which obviously impacts our health, and just our overall sense of well-being and simplicity in life, which I think uh, really gives us peace of mind, which is can't be bought, uh, and sometimes it's uh, very hard to find until you simplify your life. So uh, since 2002, Kristen Frank has been upcycling curbside trash into interior design treasures. This crafty mom has a creative reuse for anything from old t-shirts to dismantled to a dismantled dresser. In 2009, she founded the, founded the Eve of Reduction, a lifestyle movement encompassing upcycling, consumption control, and simple living. She's also the author of Living Simple, Free, and Happy, How to Simplify, Declutter Your Home, and Reduce Stress, Debt, and Waste. And we have her on the call right now. How are you doing today, Kristen? Excellent. Thank you, David. I'm so glad you're here. And I, like I told you before the interview, I loved your book. It was something that, it's something that I really feel like a lot of Americans specifically need to read. And um, the, the reason I had you on the, I want to have, you know, I'm having you on the podcast is because uh, actually, back in 2012, I uh, sold my car and kind of got rid of a lot of my stuff, and I packed a suitcase, and I lived in Costa Rica for almost six months with just one suitcase, and it was the simplest, most peaceful time in my life, and uh, I, I felt very happy, very, very healthy, uh, had a great overall sense of well-being and peace. And this is something that your book teaches people how to do uh, wherever they're at in life, whether they're in America or Canada or Europe or you know even in Costa Rica. Uh, so the first question I have for you is, what 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 got you started down this path in the first place? I mean, most people are looking to, you know, have a, a better job and acquire more things. So what's what got you down this journey and path? Um, really how it started was my husband and I got married in our late 20s and we both came into our marriage with, um, well I had a leased car and he had, uh, he, we both had college debt and we jumped right into buying a home and three months later I was pregnant with our first son and so it was just like life hit us really fast. We went through all of our 20s almost just really you know everything was our own and it was really easy and then all of a sudden we had like a ton of debt in a house that had no furniture and so we were like wait a minute this this isn't normal and we were like taking people through our house like look at our house and people were like it's empty you have sheets on your windows like what are we supposed to be impressed with here <laughs> and um so we were like no we're we're not gonna just go to you know the furniture store and pick out our dining room set and and so we started just really like garbage picking stuff and realizing oh we can paint this we can do this ourselves and then we started taking people through our house and being like look at all this crazy stuff that we found for free and we you know made to look awesome and mm -hmm. can you guess what we we did in this room so it just became this almost I don't know what you would want to say, not like revolution within our own home, but once my car lease was up, I never got another car. We just stuck to, stuck to one car, 
And things just became easier, it seemed, by having less. Hmm. Interesting. So it seems like your home was a, uh, I'm, I'm sure it was a very diverse place to some degree. Like it, it was very unique, right? Oh, definitely. Like, definitely. I'm sure you had uh, different uh, trinkets and just different things that, you know, maybe didn't necessarily match and have the perfect, um, you know, color coordination or whatever. But uh, I'm sure it was a very, very unique environment, something that uh, your friends and neighbors thought, oh, that's that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, like things that you could discover as you went through, but right. eclectic all the same. Right. Very cool. Uh, in in with in, within my life, you know, I believe that living simply uh, and with less stuff is easier as well because that's just something I've experienced firsthand. Um, but you know, for you in your life, you know, you do you have one kid or a few kids? I have two two boys. Two boys. Okay. So having two kids and you know, family and a home, obviously, that's you know, for me in my life, I'm I'm young and I'm single and I I don't have those you know everything yet. Uh, so with, with, you know, family and these different things, uh, how, how has living simply impacted your family and your life overall as a, as a unit? That's a great question because people do ask me that a lot because they think, well, once you have kids, you know, the, there's the peer pressure to have all of this and it really opened up an opportunity for us to explain to our children and let them see how they can best appreciate things. So there's a lot of things that, you know, they don't have and they don't do. Um, for instance, um, organized sports is something that we don't do. So every day of the week, we're not the family that's like sitting on the sidelines watching our kids run through mud and freezing cold and rushed meals and that. We just don't do that. Um, but we do ski. So, you know, several weekends during the winter, we pack up in the morning and we're together all day, the four of us on the ski lift together. And so we have those sort of moments where my kids can see the trade-off of, um, you know, we don't do that, but we do do this because this means more to us. Um, and so a lot of... Uh, Another thing is like we buy all our kids clothes at consignment or it's hand-me-downs from cousins. So we're not spending that kind of money, but we will do something else that means something to us. So we really drew, drew the line in the sand for our children to, to discern between where we spend our money and that we don't spend it on things that are just pacifying us or making us go along with other people. We really look at where we're spending our money and make sure it's on something that we value. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, that's really cool and I think really valuable for your kids because they become more economically efficient and at the same time they learn that they don't need to spend, you know, a ridiculous amount of money for a brand name logo when they can enjoy the weekend skiing and and experience life as opposed to um, you know, look at me. I'm living life with my name brand clothing. <laughs> right. Uh, it's just a, it's a, it's a better, it's a better thing to impart to your kids. And I think that's really cool that, that you're raising them in that way to see the value of experiences over things. Um, in your book, you talk about both recycling and upcycling. And I've obviously heard of recycling before, but I don't think before reading your book, I've heard of upcycling before. Can you, so can you share what that is exactly? Yeah, um, it would be taking something that 
you don't need or doesn't have a value, something that's obsolete, and making it into something that you can use. And this is something I do a lot in my house, and especially in the beginning when I was getting a lot of free furniture, um, taking things that people would give me or I would just get, and I didn't actually need it. So for instance, like I did a lot with cribs. So I didn't need a crib, but I was able to take them and turn them into shoe racks, which I made like three of them because they were so useful and I put them in all our closets. Um, so that's basically what upcycling is, taking something that you can't be, can't be used or doesn't work for you and turning it into something that is actually efficient in your home. Interesting. So is it, would it mean refurbishing it or repurposing it or both? Um, more of repurposing it. Okay. Gotcha. Interesting. So you've, what, what, what other things have you done this with besides cribs? Oh my gosh. Let me think. Um, I, I do, I mean, I do a big and small. So for instance, I just did something where like, you know, those little sunglass cases that you get, I use them for um, like food on the go, putting like spoons and silverware in. So you don't have to use plastic silverware. Mm-hmm. And then the little thing can just attach to whatever container I've got. Um, so that would be like an upcycle thing. Um, I'm trying to think of other things I've upcycled. Just like, um, I'm sorry, David, I'm drawing a blank here. <laughs> no worries. Well, you know what? I can open my book. Actually, I, um, in my book, there's projects in there. And actually, the shoe rack crib is in there. Um, I took a bifold door and made it into just a, a pretty little shelf unit for my dining room. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, here's here's one. I took the back of a chair that I garbage picked, and I just the back of the chair had like bars on it, and I turned it so the bars would be horizontal, and mm-hmm. I drilled it into my the side of my closet, and I hang all my scarves on it, and I absolutely mm. love it. Because it was something cool. just going into the garbage, and now I don't have to iron my scarves because they're not all crunched up in a <laughs> ball. Right. <laughs> they right. they hang neatly. Very cool. Uh, I I like one. There was a sentence in your book that I really it really just kind of stuck out to me, and it was something that when I read it, I kind of stopped and I was like, "That's a great point." Uh, and it said it was your decision. It, basically, it was something along the lines of your decisions create freedom or clutter in your life. They create. Uh, you know, freedom in the sense of obviously they free you or clutter in the sense of stress or debt or, uh, you know, mental, you know, whatever. So can you talk a bit about how and why these different decisions in our lives create freedom and clutter? And what are some of those decisions that you recommend and endorse within your book and in your life uh, currently? Definitely. I don't think people realize they have as much control as they honestly do and a lot of things that impede that control is guilt and so we always feel like we have to go to this party or we have to do something that someone has asked us to do even though it it isn't something we want to do we just feel guilted into a lot of things and I my personality naturally is a little bit on the confrontational side where I'm not afraid to say, oh, you know what, that's really not something I like to do. You know, have a great time. I'm sure it'll be fun. Um, I'm just going to count myself out here. And there I've freed up an entire afternoon. 
Mm-hmm. So instead of dreading something that's going to make me like moody and oh, I don't want to do this. Um, so it's really taking a hard look at these decisions that we make. So the other thing that you know you've brought up is purchases. And I talk about the life cycle of a purchase. So something that might sound like an awesome idea, uh, big and small. So let's just say like a pool in your backyard, that would be great. Um, but you don't think about like what that means to, it's not just the initial purchase. It's, there's so much time and maintenance that goes along with it. And you really need to weigh, is this something my family is going to use? Or is this something that's really just going to become a burden in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, so before you make these um, purchasing decisions to kind of really look at the full scope of what this means for your lifestyle um, and and then take control of that to, to be able to say, no, this really isn't, isn't something that is going to work for us long term and the benefits don't outweigh the maintenance and the, the upkeep and the hassle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are great points. I think the the obliga- obligatory life, if you will, uh, there's there there came a point in my life when I was kind of like, well, it seems seems like a lot of people want me to do what they want to do, and I don't want to do that, so it doesn't make sense. And it just seems like it's better to make your own decisions. And uh, you know, there's there's even certain things that people do routinely, uh, you know that. They may not even want to do and but they feel obligated to like go to church every week or you know go to certain events or whatever it may be it's just like it's it does create a lot of kind of restriction and absolutely it just doesn't seem like a like it doesn't seem like a free way to live life at all by any means um and then on the on the uh, on the decision note you, you know you talked about and you talked about this in your book too the initial you know purchase of whatever it is so for example if it's a pool uh in america it's probably like they already live on a lake but they're like we should get a pool too because (laughs) you know we need two bodies of water to to swim in at any given time uh and we need you know i don't know whatever so uh yeah the the maintenance that's a that's a great it's it it just there's so much more to it and i think once you live simply you start to see the fuller picture and realize how much I think stress is attached to these things too. Can you talk a bit about how your life changed and how maybe, you know, the clients you've worked with or people that have read your book, how their lives have changed in regards to stress? Oh, definitely. Well, just being able to emotionally detach from things that you keep in your house that, you know, people think, oh, well, I paid so much money for this. So I can't get rid of it. But once they get rid of it and they see what's taken its place, and sometimes it just means empty space, more living space, it becomes a stress relief. Like, oh, I don't have to think about that anymore. And now I can enjoy this. And, and sometimes that change is what relieves stress. Like they just felt in a rut. And then having things open up and be different it's very liberating in that regard. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it, it is interesting. The emotional connection to stuff. I'm glad you said that. What does that mean? Because that's oh, a... it, <laughs> it's enormous. <laughs> it's it's enormous. Um, people hold on to things for all different kinds of reasons, and a lot of it is fear. You know, fear that, oh, if I get rid of the sewing machine, I'll never have another one. 
or what if I need it and I don't have it? And by thinking about hypothetical situations like that, you become, you start to worry and then obsess over it. And when it's it's gone, you have to just have like maybe a small mourning period where you're just like, okay, I no longer have that. And then when you see the problem is gone, it's almost like out of sight, out of mind then. Then you're not even thinking about it. Oh, well, it's it's gone now. There's nothing I can do. And it, it releases that mm-hmm. almost worry from your life. And I don't think people realize that. I think... Um, they don't see enough uh this from my from my experience people have not been able to see um beyond getting rid of things so they'll hold on to it just out of that fear without experiencing the release mm-hmm. and once they do it becomes very liberating and and often they're ready to take the next step um to get rid of more things in their life but not to a point, and this is where I, I come back on that decision, you don't want to keep reducing and reducing and reducing until you have nothing. You want to reduce the things that don't work in your life that are weighing you down so that you can make room for new things to come in that do make sense. So it is a trade-off. And I don't always mean, you know, like get rid of the pool so you can get a bounce house in your backyard. You know, I or a helicopter mean, pad. Right. So yeah. many options. <laughs> <laughs> but um, maybe get rid of a pool so then you can actually host parties in your backyard. Mm-hmm. So you can see where um, where these things open up new possibilities mm-hmm. by getting rid of things that are weighing you down and that are just not working in your home and in your schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a great example of that, too, is, is everyone's wardrobe. I mean, we all hold on to a shirt or a few shirts or jeans or shoes. I have a pair of shoes that are, like, probably seven years old. They have holes in them, but they're my favorite shoes. And they're, like, Patagonia. They're the best shoes I've ever had, Patagonia. And I don't want to get rid of them because I love them so much, but... Uh, I'm starting to rethink that decision because, you know, the holes in them and, and everything. Um, I don't know. Or I can patch them. Maybe I can upcycle them. I totally <laughs> understand. Oh, my God. <laughs> Especially with shoes. Because I've done this thing where, like, I'll buy a pair of shoes and then, like, I'll realize two months later, like, these shoes are awesome. I should have bought two pairs of them. And then I'm like, no. Right. One is enough. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, with those, I actually wish I did because then I could get rid of this pair and then I could have they would be replaced. That, yeah. yeah, exactly. So there are certain things that I see every once in a while where I'm like, oh, it'd be nice to have two of those. And if not, I can just sell it online or, you know, whatever. Right. So it kind of makes sense. But uh, so there's different. The thing I like about this living philosophy is it's very simple. It's very, there's no headaches. There's no hassles. I mean, obviously in headache, in, in life, there's headaches and hassles, but in regards to your living situation, your home environment, uh, the, the atmosphere and, and everything about it, it's just very simple and kind of hassle free. Uh, so beyond that, you know, being simple and kind of hassle and, and stress free, what other benefits, and I'm talking like anything in regards to mind, body, or spirit, uh, 
does this type of lifestyle provide for someone that actively engages in it? Um, well, one thing that I do talk about is the, our financial situation where living simple, free and happy did get us debt free um, in our mid thirties. And that is a huge stress relief. Mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of people do, you know, are worried about money and finances and things like that. And by taking on this lifestyle, you really um, reduce those worries. Um, but another thing more spiritually is you know who you are and you know just to your core what you like. And so when you are making these decisions, you're making them for yourself. And a lot of people think that that's very selfish and they think, oh, I couldn't be that selfish. But if you could look at it as being not, it actually is not selfish because when you do things for yourself, you then have more of yourself to give. Mm -hmm. And something I have found by having my lifestyle so, or much less complicated, is that I do have the time I need to spend helping my children with their studies because that's always been a struggle for us. Um, I do have time to, um, my father-in-law is 91 and we, you know, help him with his landscaping. We have him for dinner. So you do have more of yourself to give when you're not complicating your life with things that you don't value. Mm -hmm. Great point. Yeah. And I think too, just to add to that, I think that the, you know, like you said, it's it's very keeping up with the Joneses, acquiring stuff and having the, the latest and greatest thing. Uh, detaching from that, like you said, really kind of sheds light on who you truly are because sometimes, you know, we get attached to stuff, we get attached to other people, we get attached to uh, kind of almost this life outside of ourselves, which is a weird way of living that has become somewhat normal in modern day society and by detaching from things you you start to look inward more instead of looking outward and I think that's a huge benefit to living this this type of way and I think that just has so many uh, valuable both short and long-term implications on someone's life health well-being peace of mind and everything um, so really when it comes down to it I think you know, it, you're, you're saving time and money, right? I mean, those are the two yes. biggest and things. Another point that I want to make is when people start to do things for themselves, they really gain a much bigger um, sense of self-worth and self-esteem that things can't provide. Mm -hmm. And people think that, you know, these great clothes or whatever will provide self-esteem but when you start to see where your talents can take you you really become um, you know you have a greater self sense of self-esteem that helps you to detach from things and again turn inward mm -hmm. to your own abilities mm -hmm. interesting and, and do you think that partially is because you are you know, obviously looking inward, but then also, you know, from re reading your book and talking to you, it seems like just becoming crafty and having that, that wit about you is really, it just kind of, that has to 
build up some self-confidence and self-worth. Oh, oh well. definitely. Definitely. And believe me, I was not someone who could use a drill or a jigsaw, you know, 10 years ago. And when I wanted to do these things and I needed these things, I'm like, all right, I guess I'm going to jump in and do this. Mm -hmm. um, so it wasn't like I've been handy my whole life and I've taught other people to use these tools and <laughs> they kind of look at me like, oh my God, this is on and it's in my hand and <laughs> my fingers are all here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just kind of like a cool realization. Like it isn't that scary to do these things yourself. Mm -hmm. And then in the end, it's, it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and you're, you shifted and anyone can shift from being a consumer to being a creator, which a consumer is pulling things into their life, which creates clutter. And a creator is someone who's inspirationally creating things inward, if, you know, in, in the outer world. So it, it, I'm sure it increases creativity and, and so I'm sure there's so many, I'm sure so many other benefits to it that, you know, could be, uh, added to that list um, absolutely uh, so one question I have for you is you know obviously like I mentioned you know time and money are saved uh, and that's two of the most valuable things in life I mean we spend time life is time and then we use our time to earn money to live life so saving both of those things is great but uh, one question I have for you and this is something that uh, it, it's kind of helped me in my life, but I don't know if it's something that, you know, you, you uh, recommend or uh, engage in, but do you have like a rule to get rid of something? So after a certain period of time, or is there some sort of like, kind of like rule so that you, you keep that practice going? Because every once in a while, I think everyone kind of cleans house, quote unquote, but it doesn't mean that their life is clutter free and has you know that fluid ease and simplicity so is there a, is there a rule either with time or with use or something that that you kind of follow and recommend um one thing i do say is like i'll look at things in my home and say am i still getting joy out of this or would someone else get more joy out of it um so i do that a lot especially my children with their toys but even um furniture in my house i feel like you know, tables and cabinets and stuff that I just, I'm just putting stuff in it that I don't even need. The whole thing can go. And then um, I don't have that one year or six month rule because mm -hmm. sometimes I do come back to things after a while. Things are still useful. But I can really look at something and say, if this is not useful or especially if this is something is redundant, mm -hmm. um, and again, like when I bring something into my house, I'll always say, all right, this is taking up space. What can it replace? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's always just a matter of usefulness. Okay. So is there, is there, so how you basically just, you kind of look at it and say, all right, how useful is this? And would it help someone or add value to someone else's life more than my own at this time? Right. Okay. Gotcha. How often is there, is there a certain sort of time period that, uh, you do that or is it something that just day by day or not day? I don't know if it's day by day. Maybe that's, maybe that seems a little complicated, <laughs> like looking at everything on a day to day basis. Like, do I need this still? And, but, uh, is it, how often do you 
kind of look around and do that? Is there a time period or something that kind of keeps that going? I probably do it every couple of months. Okay. Um, but sometimes some rooms that, that we're in more, I will do it more. Like, so my office, I sweep my office probably once a month. And I'll just be like, oh, no, get this out. Because things seem to be in flux more. You know, I'm getting supplies in and um, I'm doing other projects. So things are moving around in my office a lot more coming and going than, say, in the dining room, <laughs> which is um, a lot more stagnant. Right. Gotcha. In your book, you have different upcycling and do-it-yourself projects uh, is are there any specifically that you want to share, or uh, just any ideas that you found that were inspiring that you most people would say, "What you can do that?" Uh, that you'd like to share with with people that they, that can inspire them to upcycle and and do more uh, DIY projects. Um, one thing that's kind of become popular in the last couple of years are bar carts and. Um, I don't know if that has to do with like Mad Men, like every room they go into, they're like pouring from whiskey flasks. But um, I've made a couple things like that using um, one was a sewing cabinet where I took out the machine and actually recycled it at a scrap metal place and then took the actual cabinet and put a little shelf in there for um, different bottles of alcohol. And the top part. If you're familiar with a sewing machine um, or cabinet, the top part opens up and then the machine comes out from there. I took the whole top part off and made it into a, tr a serving tray. And that was kind of fun. And then one of the projects in my book is using a baby changing table and turning that into actually like a wine bar. And I added um, those racks that you can hang stemware on. And then the top I did all in wine corks. And that was a really, really fun project. Very cool. I just thought of this weird, like, slogan. Let's say something like, babies need resveratrol too. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> they probably do, but probably not from wine at a young age. But um, that's really cool. So with, with, the, with the sewing machine, uh, and I know there's different websites you mentioned in your book. Like, I believe... Uh, Freecycle was it dot org? Oh yeah, Freecycle. Yeah. Free yeah, Freecycle, Freecycle. Uh, <laughs> I'm from Michigan, so it's cold, so everything's on Michigan. <laughs> uh, so Freecycle, do you did you find that on Freecycle or a free site? And is that how that project started? Um, no, actually, a lot of times I'll go to estate sales, okay. and um, you can get like. Things like sewing cabinets, I guess, aren't top sellers. You know, right. like the antique table is going to go for top dollar and the sewing cabinet's going to go for 20 bucks. So I know what, you know, there's a lot of things that you can do with sewing cabinets. I've done like three different projects myself. Um, and, and I know that you can get them for really good prices, if not like curbside. So mm -hmm. that's something that I, I've targeted and done some things with and going into estate sales yeah, I always go to like the either the attic or the basement because that's where all the good deals are um, and I've been able to get some 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 inexpensive things that I've had fun with and then I mean once I filled my own house then I was selling it I've been selling stuff at different stores 
in my area. So I'll upcycle it and, and sell it. Very cool. So w with that, for example, if you got something for free or you bought it at an estate sale or you know, online or wherever, uh, you, you mentioned you recycled the metal and then you made that as well. So is it fair to say that you broke even and you got this for free or was it really close to that at the end of the day? Um, I'm not sure what you're asking, but like the sewing machine, I got like $5 for it. And then I sold it for like a couple hundred. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. That's, that's better than, oh, okay. Okay. So you sold that. Okay. I thought that was. Once like I turned it wrong. into, once I turned it into a bar card. Right. Okay. I gotcha. sold it. Yeah. Okay. And then you, you mentioned recycling metal or something though as well. Was that a different project? No, actually the, the sewing machine was super old. It was like mm -hmm. from the 30s. So it was oh, wow. a metal sewing machine. And it, it so I took it to the scrap metal place and got the $5.50 or whatever for it. Okay, gotcha. Huh. Yeah. Very cool. Interesting. So even as you as you get craftier in and understand this more, it can be not only something that saves time and money, but it can make you money. It can be uh, something that, you know. Yeah, like a little side thing. Yeah, right, definitely. Yeah. Which is and, really cool. Yeah, since I enjoy doing it, um, all the better, you know, make money off my hobby. Right. And you're, it's eco-friendly and you're, you're doing good for the planet and the world in that way. So that's really cool. Um, so there's, there's one question in your book too, that, uh, I really liked in it. I like, I like, one of the things I really liked about your book is it was very, it's very practical. So it has very practical advice that, that just makes sense. I mean, if you really understand it and know the benefits to your life and your health, it just makes sense. But then you also kind of break it up with different questions that help you think differently and change your perception a little bit. And at one point in your book, you asked, what makes you happy, your own values or how society sees you? And when I read that, I was like, wow, that is a great question because, uh, you know, how society sees you and how, how you see yourself is two very different things. And uh, a lot of times, you know, once again, we kind of fall under that pressure of, of, of doing more or having more um, and, and we forget what's truly important to us. So uh, has this process of living more simply changed what has made you happy in your life? Well, first of all, thank you. I'm so glad that resonated with you. Um, yes, it has. But I would have to say I probably have always kind of been like this. Mm -hmm. um, so it wasn't that much of a transformation. It was more of a realization and actually sitting, sitting down and thinking about these things um, and putting it into more of a philosophy. Um, I guess I lived in somewhat of a bubble and didn't notice that I um, wasn't as mainstream as maybe I thought until I got older. And um, I don't know how that all worked out. But um, yeah, the word values is something that I, I, well, you've heard me say it a few times in this interview, and it is something that I do specifically think about and have defined in my adult life so that I can make decisions more easily and live more simply. 
if that answers your question. I'm, I'm right, definitely. And, and a follow-up question I have to that because, uh, you know, like, like I said, your book has great practical advice, but it also has a great uh, perception on how to see things and how to live uh, really a better, healthier uh, life with more ease. So with that being said, what are your values that that you in your adult life have become more valuable to you over time? <laughs> well, I definitely value my own time. Mm -hmm. um, so I really don't want to spend it doing things that I find to be um, of a lesser value. And number two, um, my talents. Uh, it's definitely something that cannot be taken for granted and I always like to notice other people's talents and appreciate them so because I don't even think a lot of people realize all the talents that they have and I can notice things that people are able to do that I'm not able to do and think wow that's amazing and I, I think that people should really think about what they're good at and instead of trying to get better at something that's always frustrated them, <laughs> make life easier and share your talents and the things that come easy to you and really celebrate what you personally are able to do. Hmm. Very, very true. Very, very good advice. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad. <laughs> I think, yeah, that's... It's funny you say that too because that uh, I kind of see to some degree the world we live in as like a sports team and the quarterback is playing defensive end and the defensive end is playing you know wide receiver and it's it's weird when you look at it it's, there's people that are doing things that are happy that, that fulfill them and that create happiness in their life and then there's people that like you said uh, are doing trying to get better at things that frust frustrate them, uh, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense at the end of the day. Uh, so that's a very very good piece of advice that um, I think anyone can hear and and, and benefit from. Uh, and and also one concept you talked about in your book is do uh, doing and being uh, in life. So uh, you know having more experiences doing more things and just being a different person, being more true and, and unique to yourself and your talents, uh, trumps having more. Uh, can you talk a bit about why, why that is for you in your life and what the, the, the duality or the, the, the two different pictures look like? Because the things that we get eventually go into the graveyard of stuff where our memories I think get better if you think about the things that you did when you were younger you talk about you I tell stories of things that I've done or places I've gone and listen to other people's stories and these stories are always they seem to get more exciting and more cherished and if you look at that kind of flip-flop of the stuff that we have becomes overwhelming or a burden. I'm talking about physical, you know, stuff mm -hmm. versus our experiences um, become, make us more interesting people, um, 
we can always look back on it. It's something that can never be taken away. And it's something that we can share with other people mm-hmm. in such a positive way. I always think that great experiences, there's nothing. That, when you t- when we talk about values, experiences are the, the greatest value because they add so much to your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, life is a set of experiences, not a set of stuff. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That's, that's a great point. Um, I, I do have a question for you on the, you know, the regards, and, and I mean, living simply and living, you know, frugal, uh, there, I think to some degree, there's, there has to be some sort of balance there. And I'm curious if in your life, you know, maybe, and I don't know if this, hope this isn't too personal of a question, but has there been a time when your husband has been like, you know, honey, this is just too much, you know, let's just buy it from the store or, you know, uh, or have you ever been called, you know, like cheap or, you know, like, are, are there any, like, what has the, I guess the backlash been from friends, family, society? Has there been any of that? Oh, totally. Um, not within my marriage, but yes, from my family who are like, oh, Kristen. Oh, well, one thing is we don't have television. So mm-hmm. we just have our internet connection and Netflix. Mm-hmm. And my family thinks that we are depriving our children <laughs> and they don't know what's going on in the world. And oh, my God, that has been like the biggest like. And then they'll always tell me like, oh, this this show is coming on. This, and I'm like, well, we don't have TV. And they're like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> you're like cave people. <laughs> um, right. And then meanwhile, I'm thinking like, okay, well, we're not bothered with commercials. We're not flipping channels all day. You know, like I only look at it that way. Um, but an interesting thing about like being cheap and a story I'll tell you is at one point I needed a camera and – can you still hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. It went quiet. Um, oh, okay. I had needed a camera, and I was so I picked out one that was very reasonable. I'm more of the frugal side of uh, the marriage, and I remember my husband being like, "No, this is not something that we can be cheap on." And he went out and got like a really nice camera. And the funny thing is, my girlfriend had wanted a nice camera, and she was telling her husband, and then. It was something like, well, I want this $600 camera. And then she goes, well, Kristen's was 1000 And her husband stops dead in his tracks and goes, Kristen Frank? Because <laughs> it was just like, right. wait a minute. How is that Kristen- possible? <laughs> right. But again, it goes back to values. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted right. to capture great pictures of my family and my projects. And it was something that I needed so we did get a good one, um, but at the same time, yeah, we have one car and no TV. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and and that that makes a lot of sense because you know if you have a fire and you have uh, you know these pictures digitally saved somewhere, for example, those are you're saving those are memories which are experiences. So it, it just makes sense. Uh, and you know even for, uh, my brother a few a uh, few years ago his apartment burned to the ground completely and he lost everything oh my gosh and, yeah and, you know for him it was just something that the only thing he really wanted was the pictures that he had on his computer so it was just you know those types of those memories and it, those are you know that's life 
yeah uh, and to show your kids someday and and you know your grandkids and so it's really uh that makes sense and <laughs> that is a funny story um <laughs> and, but that's cool because it shows that your values i think what's cool about that is it is it shows that your values are holistically balanced and you're not you're not extreme about it and you understand that in certain aspects uh you know there's it's worth investing it's an investment you know for um your your future you know for your kids to see the pictures for their kids to see pictures etc um so um final question i have oh yeah uh actually a few more questions but uh the first one i have is uh you know this this podcast it really focuses on health and well-being and really just on the mind body and spirit and i think that one of and this is just to kind of i guess it kind of transitions well into this one of the things in my life at one point uh was you know my health and my diet and just the the quality of my health and the way i treated my health if you will in my life was very cheap i was very cheap with my health and and then i realized wait a minute this is my health like this is one of the most important things ever uh that you know the way i take care of myself is the way the, it determines the quality of life that i live and like you said uh you know investing in yourself gives you more so that you can give more and that's really what created a huge shift for me in my life was to live healthy so that i could have energy and and uh you know do work that i love which is this work that i'm doing now so it have is there and, and this could be you know uh mind body or spirit but um is there health it, it, i don't know what i'm asking now <laughs> is there you know beyond stress and things like that uh is that something that you you think that people will just kind of naturally um reroute their money to and be more aware of that in their life because i think one of the things too like you know we've been talking about stuff you know uh, and when you have a lot of stuff in your home uh you know like you said maintenance and management and cleaning the pool the lawn the this that uh your diet becomes and the the routines in your life that create health diet and exercise become belittled because of the time that you don't have So has that changed for you in your life and is that something that uh I'm sure you value health. I mean that's something that, Absolutely. Um what what types of changes has that made or freed up for you? That's a great question because it has been huge and something that has happened later in life as my living simple free and happy mantra has taken hold. Um not having such a rushed lifestyle I always make you know f- meals we cook in our house. We we joke that my husband and I wish we had his in her kitchens because we're always in there cooking together. <laughs> um so yes, it is something and I I do talk about the financial side of it in my book about going to a restaurant versus purchasing your own groceries. But I don't think it's something that people will naturally go like okay now I'm simplifying I think I'm going to eat organic and you know cut back on carbs and cakes um mm-hmm. so it, I think it, it definitely has to be a um a decision that you make and a purposeful path that you take but it is one that we took especially you know having children we wanted our children to be healthy um and like i said about having 
more time at home that preparing meals and eating healthy is a very big part of it. And we even like, um, it's fun to, you know, have your own garden and we grow strawberries. And so I've, we've been able to have our own organic strawberries and make our own jam and keep things healthy that way. And I think I actually have a couple, um, a couple recipes in my book too. Um, but yeah, eating healthy has been huge. And actually we've just recently switched to a more paleo diet. I don't know if you mm-hmm. are familiar with that. Um, but definitely trying to be very conscious about what we put in our bodies. And I think that is more difficult because when you're buying stuff, it's all around and you're seeing it. When you're eating it, it feels so good and you're not actually like, you know, seeing unhealthiness in your body as immediate as you see like clutter and dust and everything gathering around your house. So that transition has to be more purposeful Mm -hmm. and I think is more difficult, but definitely high, very high on my value priorities. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And growing strawberries and having, you know, just growing anything and having it be organic is great too because you save money in that regard and you're self-sustainable, self-reliant, and you just have that, uh, once again, that kind of creative uh, creative energy to, to do things. And I think freeing up time uh, is, is great too because for me specifically, I've become more of an experimenter or I feel sometimes like a scientist or an artist in my kitchen when I'm making like a healthy recipe I'm like oh I want to try this and that and you know it just it just gives me more time and room to experiment and that's great because then I can actually create healthy meals and healthy snacks that I like and that keep me healthy as opposed to uh, you know, falling into that trap of a quick snack or, you know, whatever it may be. So um, I think that alone, I mean, just opens up the opportunity and space, mental space and awareness for uh, kind of advancement in your health, which, you know, is the quality of life. And um, and I think, you know, just, and I didn't say this earlier, but I think the way you're raising your kids without TV is great because, uh, I mean, the internet, they can learn and they can, you know, kind of pursue their own passions and interests. And then Netflix, obviously, if you know, you want to watch a movie as a family, or um, there's a lot of documentaries on Netflix. I love the documentaries on Netflix about nature and so do we. different yeah. cultures. I mean, I could go on and on. They're like about Bhutan and, uh, you know, uh, there's so many interesting documentaries. So it's just cool that you're exposing your kids to more of the world, even if it's at home, as opposed to, you know, hey, here's you know, MTV in this superficial society that, uh, you know, that that's America or that's the way you're, you know, it's like, so I, I commend you for that. And I, you know, I have a lot of respect for you and parents like you that do that. So, um, so good job on Thank that you. front. It's awesome. Uh, final question I have for you and, uh, I've kind of asked this and <laughs> I sort of have asked this already, but, uh, this can be more open-ended and in anything in life, but, uh, with Healthy Wild Free, like I said, it's kind of a mind-body-spirit thing, finding holistic balance in life. And my final question is, what are the top three practices that you would recommend uh, that you engage in in your life to live a healthy, wild, and free life? And this could be anything from health 
to stuff to meditation, yoga, you name it? Um, one of my top things is actually communication. So to be able to talk things through, I have obviously my husband and I, we talk about everything. We make all our decisions together. And that is so comforting to know that you have someone right there to help you. And I have that with my children as well, to just say, you can come to me, you can tell me anything. And I know that sounds kind of naive, but they really do. Like I'm the parent who hears everything that goes on at school and anything that's bothering them and things that they're thinking about. And I think having those open lines of communication and good friendships, we have a lot of close friends, friends that have known us for years. And I think that that is so healthy to be able to have people to talk to and help and bounce ideas, even if it's just hearing your your thoughts out loud. Um, that becomes really healthy. The other thing is um, your time and your time management. And like I said, making decisions for yourself as to how you want to spend your time and what you want to be doing and what makes you feel good um, is a good use of your own time. And third is talents. And even like you said, um, making your own recipes and things like that, you really can get into it. And it's fun mm -hmm. when you um, think about the things that you can create, whether it's in, in the kitchen or um, like I, I do with furniture and my home, whatever you really like, when you insert your talent into it, it can it make it so much more rewarding. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time and the value that you've shared. I think this will help a lot of people see things differently and hopefully shift their perspective and the way that they live and live a simpler, uh, freer, and happier life. Uh, where can our listeners find you online? What is your website, social media profiles, and uh, anything online? Okay. Um, I'm at eveofreduction.com. And my Twitter is at Kristen Frank, and Kristen is C-R-I-S-T-I-N, and Frank, obviously, F-R-A-N-K, and Facebook, I'm slash Eve of Reduction, and Pinterest, Decorating Love. Awesome. Thank you so much once again for your time. I really appreciate it, and uh, keep doing what you're doing, and have an awesome rest of the day. Thank you, David. Thank you for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.